0: Welcome to Running Is Bullshit, I'm Stuart
1: And I'm Amy, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running And we're delighted to say we've been coming together for 69 episodes now Because
0: we are teenagers and that's still funny (sighs) yeah um well if you love the olympics and you want to hear about all the bullshit that's been going on then this is not the podcast for you because we just haven't done that at all um but at least you know the proper olympics has started now on the track and we're not just all fanning about with boats and horses anymore Uh, amy have you been watching the olympics
1: i have well i've been trying to uh some of it's on very very early in the morning so some of it starts about 1am doesn't it so i obviously haven't been watching (laughs) There's no need for that. No, and the thing is about it, it's not even like I want to bother watching the, the highlights later on, because I've already found out whether we've won a medal or not through various sources, so... It's kind of like oh oh well. Um, I have been watching the stuff that's later on in the day. You know, I got really into the taekwondo, and <laughs> to the point where I was explaining to Freya, my partner, like when she came in to watch it, I was like, okay, so these are the rules, and, and yeah. this is what happens when um, when when they have to stop. But you see, this guy, he he threw a kick. Before after the referee said stop, but we've got to watch on the, we've got to watch on the video replay to see if the kick was thrown before the referee put his hand down and all this. It's probably not called a referee. It's probably got some Korean name, but you know what I mean? So I get into like, really into these sports that I previously knew nothing about and then I'm the expert on them and I'm watching them like, oh yeah, yeah, that's uh, that, that's a foul that's not right you know that's a penalty I know nothing about them in reality
0: yeah I'm absolutely one of the people who like when Wimbledon comes on or the Six Nations I'm like oh, fuck's sake people only like tennis and rugby when the big events are on they're not proper fans at all then all, every four years I'm like fuck yes this judo is amazing yeah <laughs>
1: The, the martial arts stuff is really good I get really into it because I think once the rules are explained it's quite easy to follow it seems really complicated if you just watch it but when you you know the, the rules are quite simple um, I'm really enjoying those the track uh, the track and field stuff has started today the, the proper Olympics the proper Olympics yeah I just watched the women's uh, women's 100 meters before, literally just before we came on oh, there yes a bit disappointing spoiler alert a bit disappointing <laughs> but I mean, I mean it won't be
0: a spoiler alert it's gonna be two days later <laughs>
1: I mean, you can't. The Jamaicans just dominate it, don't they? I mean, what can you do? I won't bother to be honest. If I was yeah. if I was there, I'd be like, nah. You're... I wouldn't even run. I just I yeah. just stand up off the the starting blocks.
0: <laughs> it was such a good final. It's going to be so much better than the men's final, which looks like it's going to be a little bit dull and not kind of hasn't got any big star names in. But the the women's hundred meter final was absolutely incredible. Mm. I I was talking to someone the other day. He was saying like, ah, oh, yeah, I really love all this, but I think the one thing I'll stay up for is the marathon. And I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, you're not going to watch that. I'm like, no, of course I'm not going to watch a fucking marathon. That's too long.
1: No, I watch the end. <laughs> I'll
0: watch the highlights the next day. I'm not staying up to watch a marathon. I know it's supposed to be like our event. It's the the big road running thing. But fucking hell, no. I can't even watch ten thousand meter final really. <laughs>
1: Well, I seem to remember at London, while they were doing the 10,000 metres, that there was other stuff going on at the same time in the stadium. That was quite nice. So the, the, the guys would just be running around, and they'd be doing, like, shop put or something yeah, else. Yeah, you can watch else, a few so... other
0: things, and then you can cut back to it, and then, oh, they're still fucking going. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, coming up on this episode, we'll be talking to runner and author Mark Atkinson. We'll read some of your emails, and there is a wonderful selection this week of bullshit running news. But first, we're going to catch up on the last episode.
1: So, firstly, from @gazitude, which this says G Dog in the notes. Is this something you call him, Stuart, or is this uh, no, th- his name? Th- or?
0: That's the profile name, and then his kind oh. of Twitter handle.
1: <laughs> I thought he was like that—that's somebody you knew, and he's like, oh yeah, it's the G Dog. no no
0: (laughs) we'll we'll come back to that he's called himself (laughs) g-dog yeah
1: that's even worse um so gaz says you couldn't write this catching up on the pod just now harassing runners is bullshit at the end of my long run absolutely blowing out my ass up to get up a hill get wolf whistled by a bunch of teenage girls i'm a 35 year old guy just ignore it am i now jeff Oh, guys! Uh, what are the chances? <laughs>
0: also, guys, you're 35 and you're calling yourself G Dog at Gazitude. Come on, I think <laughs> it's time it's time to update that profile.
1: It reminds me of something, you know, where uh, like Jeremy out a Peep Show would call himself on Twitter, yeah, <laughs> j Dog or something. Oh, uh, that sucks, though, guys. Sorry to hear that.
0: Yeah, hopefully those teenage girls weren't too threatening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ruth roberts said what a great episode i got a bit emotional listening to kelly talking about how important the chat and community side of running is this is 100 percent the best part for me then to stop it off i got an epic name check at the end due to my top class filming skills
1: i'd just like to provide an update off the back of that ruth in that i did i did pass my practical for the leadership in running fitness and i think it was mainly because of Ruth's filming skills, you know?
0: Almost entirely, yeah. Yeah, She she would have done some very clever angles and oh, uh, cuts it, there to to make you look uh, comp- competent.
1: Yeah, it was like a Stanley Kubrick film or something by the end of it. You know, I, I just added in some, some opening credits, like, in a world where runners need leaders. And then, you know, all that. And it was Did you fantastic. manage
0: to fit in a Wilhelm scream?
1: Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And I was like, and this is why I chose this aperture and this is why the lighting is done in this way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have a message from Nicola Forward who says Brilliant pod this week. Kelly Roberts is bloody awesome. Great interview. Hashtag GirlCrush. Absolutely love everything she says. Good luck to all the runners in Wales. Now Amy's on the loose with her leadership in running fitness, Laffy Face. Oh yeah, we had quite a lot of uh, really positive comments on Kelly's interview. It was mm-hmm. really fantastic. She's she's absolutely hilarious. And I said on the last podcast, I've been stalking her online for quite a while. So I was a bit like starstruck when we were interviewing her and she did not disappoint.
0: And I've seen lots on Instagram recently of her doing more sports bra reviews. So if you're into that kind of thing, that's a very useful thing, I imagine. Mm-hmm. And we had a message from Polina in Bulgaria who finished at Ultra with her double BS buff action. She said she finished in 7 hours and 13 minutes. Totally rocked both buffs. One saved me from having a permanent headlamp mark on my forehead. The other wiped away about 10 litres of sweat. It was awesome. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yep, Uh. yep.
1: Definitely. Gosh, how far was the Ultra? uh,
0: Uh, Well, we assume it was an Ultra in 7 hours, hopefully.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean... Well done for could it just been game. a bad day for a 10k yeah <laughs> it just felt like an ultra well you got lost and then turned 10k into an ultra but congrats on the ultra and i reckon the buffs were a major part of why you managed to finish it by the sounds of it
0: almost certainly yes amy what have you been up to
1: oh this week there was another there was another fall i was trying to th- think has this i don't know whether i've mentioned on the podcast have i have i fallen in 2021 i don't know I mean, well, probably I mean, probably i mean like this is the fall of 2021 um i tripped over it on a on a boardwalk uh in my defense the boards on the boardwalk the wooden boards are very uneven and it is a uh a help hazard but yep i tripped over this is right outside my house as well so really early on in the run. Um, I fell over on the same like leg that when I had my really big fall in 2020. (laughs) So I've just added to the scar that's already there. It's pretty, it's pretty, it's like a pretty gnarly graze on my leg though. I've sent, I've sent Stuart some uh, photos. I'm sure he can. Yeah. The
0: first glance at it, it looked like a gunshot. Yeah. It was kind of quite round, but then I zoomed in on it. Oh, that's a good scary graze.
1: I didn't even skid. That's just the impact. That was just the impact. But the the scariest bit was, so it did quite hurt. Um, I carried on my run. I I still ran and, Another five miles after that, you know, no worries. Of course you did. Uh, you know, it's not a big deal, just falling over. It's part of my everyday life. The scariest bit was, when I was on the ground, one of my AirPods fell out of my ear from oh, the impact. God. And I was like, shit, have I lost one of my AirPods? You know, and I had that That was moment. your first thought. That, that was my first thought. Because there's loads of uh, like cracks in the in the boardwalk. And I was like looking to see if I could see it floating in the water but don't worry i found it it rolled some like distance away because of the impact um but i did find it so yeah had a fall luckily it was about 6 a.m in the morning so no one else was around although there are a lot of flats around there so if anyone happens to live around there and saw somebody fall over at 6 a.m on tuesday that was me
0: (laughs) i think i think they know it's you
1: yeah (laughs) someone falling over just assume that's me. Maybe
0: like oh, say me again.
1: Yeah, and then it pissed it down on that run. It was absolutely torrential rain and that hurt the scab as well. So not only did I fall over, I uh, pretty much as soon as I started running again, it just started torrential rain for the remainder of the run. So that was nice.
0: Nice and clean though.
1: Yeah, yeah, I cleaned out the scab for sure. Um and then the second thing that happened this week and I always have to throw in something that isn't running related I saved another animal. Amy Genders, friend of the animals, strikes I, again. Sorry,
0: I believe you're a friend of the birds. I, I, I'm pretty sure you're enemy of the animals, because you've threatened quite <laughs> a lot I'm of I'm
1: enemy them. of certain animals. I am a friend of birds and domestic animals of all kinds. <laughs> okay. Um So, so uh, this was actually after I'd come back from the gym, and um, we took the dogs for for a walk uh, to our local park. And Pippin was going mental; like she kept there's a load of long grass at our local park, and Pippin was running up to this grass and going mental and barking at it, and then running away. And Freya was like, "I don't know what she's doing. I don't know why she's running away." And then Freya screamed, "I went get her away! There's a rat! There's a rat!" I went calm down. So I went over to see who it was. It was a kitten. There was a black kitten in the grass. Um, so uh, it, it was way too small to be out there and it was shivering and stuff. So I picked it up and we Aww. took it to the vets and uh, check if it had a microchip. No microchip. Um, so we brought it home because I didn't want to leave it anywhere. It was very smelly. It sort of smelt like it would either been put in a bin or come from a house that was extremely dirty. So either Aww. way, it, it wasn't really being looked after. Um so I I brought, this was on Tuesday, brought it home. I called up all the cat rescue centres. And for the last week, I've been looking up to see if anyone's lost a cat and all this. And to be honest, I, the, so the vet said it's about three months old. If I'd lost a three month old kitten, I wouldn't be waiting too long to be posting and saying, has anyone found this or getting in contact yeah. with vets and rescue centres. And the state it was in when we found it, I was like, I don't. And It was really hungry as well. So if it had been lost, it'd been lost for a long time. Uh, So yeah, we've had a kitten here for a week, but good news is we found it a potential home. So maybe later today, somebody will be coming and picking her up. So uh, she's just lost her cat, um, uh, who died of old age, so she said this is like a sign that she's yep. <laughs> another cat and she's got um a young child as well who who's gonna love having like little playmates so so yeah good news
0: <laughs> oh that's lovely and it means you don't have to create another social media profile which is mate, great
1: mate freya wants to keep the cat so bad i'm like we're not having another cat we're not having any more animals in this house we already have two dogs and a cat i'm not having any more animals that shit and piss and eat and all those things that animals need to do. I can't be doing with it. No more. No more. So as cute as the kitten is. Friend of the animals, she Friend calls of herself. the animals, as long as it's not in my house. <laughs> it's a it's a three animal limit here in terms of my patience. So okay. yeah, yeah. But but I'll say as well, before me wrong, just briefly, Pippin is obsessed with this kitten. She thinks it's her baby. So whenever, yeah. so we've brought it out a few times. It's been in the office and um, we've kept the dog, dog separate so as so not to stress it out. But we have brought it out and um, and sat with it in the lounge. And whenever we bring it out, Finley's not bothered, Finley's not interested, but Pippin is like constantly trying to groom it, like properly yeah. trying to groom it. Oh. And <laughs> she'll just sit there staring at it and, and she thinks it's her baby. And when we put it back in the office, she stands at the door and cries like Pippin this is not your baby
0: oh that's very sweet
1: it's not even the same species as you and then Freya's like yes this is proof that we must keep this kitten I'm like no no (laughs) I don't care if Pippin thinks it's her baby it's going (laughs) friend of the animals with conditions (laughs) well
0: well, we took William to see another puppy the other day and we've just we have kind of finally decided he does not like puppies and I don't think we'll be introducing him to any more in the near future because he just he has no time for them he's like us with toddlers I don't know what to do with them
1: (laughs) So, Stuart, what have you been up to this week?
0: Oh, Amy, I've got stories. Amy, races are back. I don't know if you've been aware of this. It's been like 16, 17 months with no races. I did two in four days. Wow. So, uh, the first one I did was the Beacons Fell Race. Of course, if you're off races for the best part of 18 months, the best thing to do is go back and do a 20-mile fell race, self-navigation, up the tallest mountain in South Wales. Yeah. Um of course and that and three other peaks um so we started uh the first hill absolute bitch the first mile took us 25 minutes
1: oh my god
0: that's how big this hill was it was nasty i mean we were uh it was the top end of taliban reservoir in the brecon Mm -hmm. beacons Mm -hmm. and up the first hill tour of oil um i'd done a recce up it so i kind of knew it was bad and you know and straight away you know once we got to the beginning of the hill we were dead last we it was just us and the sweeper right at the back we got like halfway up the hill holly had to stop a few times i don't what for whatever reason she just wasn't up for it that day but she got to the and she was nearly in tears and she's like i'm not going to finish this i'm not going to finish this <laughs> I, I just don't want to do it and she was like ready to give up there and then up this first hill and she's good runner but yeah, again it was just one of those things just not her day i think um the problem is after that they'd introduced a cut-off time so the total cutoff for the uh, race was five hours, but we had to reach 12.6k in one hour 30. Wow. So the thing is, well, after we got to the top of this hill, that was only 2k, so we had to do 10k in an hour up and down hills on basically no path.
2: Jesus.
0: But um, also the problem is, we'd only got told this off the day before the race.
2: Right. So like
0: five hours was probably just about doable, mm. but... An hour 30 to get to 12K and pretty much, yeah, a one hour 10K over that terrain was kind of not quite on the cards for us. (sighs) However, um, we did, well, it got to the point where we had 5K to go in 25 minutes and we were like, look, we're not going to make it. I'm not going to kill myself to get there. Fuck it, we'll just take the short course. Because there was Mm -hmm. just an option. You could cut off a chunk of the course and some of the really nasty hills, including Penavan. So we just cut that off. And uh, we got to the cutoff point. And they said, you know, obviously, you know, we I think we got there in 1.45. <laughs> I said, oh, we're going to have to direct you on short course. You know, you just go up there, turn left, go up cribbing, back down and then resume the course. And we said, can we just can we just not do Cribbin? Because we just <laughs> thought at that point, if you're not going to do the whole course, I just want to go back. Mm. There's no point because we got there as well. you got to the bottom of this mountain and you just look up it and it's like another fucking massive climb Mm -hmm. and then just come straight back down it again and we're like no that's fine we'll just go the other way and we'll just go take the direct route back um so we took we made the short course even shorter which i think was a smart move on our behalf um yeah from then on when we we declined the uh the big mountain um went the other way but there's still from the calf point to the top where he eventually started going down again. That was nine kilometers of basically steady climbing. And the first like, few K of that as well is this old uh, Roman road that runs right through the middle of the range, which is awful. It's just all rocky and not even stony. It's rocky and bouldery. You basically can't run on it because it's so uneven. There's little kind of grassy paths to the side, which are okay, but they don't last very long. It's just such a horrible, horrible path. So we were really miserable up that um there was a point there where i did fall over but the worst thing about that was i just kind of tripped stumbled to the side and landed in some long grass the worst thing about it was it was the happiest i was all day because it was so comfortable (laughs) i was just laying on my back with my backpack on in this long grass and a little dip i was like oh this is lovely (laughs) why can't i just stay here um so unfortunately now i had to carry on um Um, I've just been told from over my shoulder to mention that the cutoff was actually changed to about 1.38 to accommodate people that came in over the uh, one and a half hours. Um, So they did actually change the cutoff at the time. And possibly could we have made 1.38? Maybe. Shouldn't really do
1: that though,
0: should they? (laughs) He did say there'd be a a little tiny bit of leniency in that. Mm. But yeah, eight minutes is quite a long time. And we possibly could have made it where we were like, nah, we're just going to give up by that point. Um, So yeah nine kilometer climb after that which was long and hard um i ended up giving some water to a runner that overtook us because people from the long course eventually i think four or five six of them came past us i gave some water to one of them it came out in the race report afterwards there was someone who ran without water i'm like you did a 20 mile race in the sun without any water Jesus. that is fucking stupid
1: it was quite warm as well wasn't it wasn't yeah it was especially on top yeah, yeah
0: once the clouds cleared on top it was really really warm so that was a really dumb move and it was one of those ones that once we got to the downhill, the downhills were then too steep to run comfortably as well. So we were just never happy on this. Uh, there was like some really kind of rocky steps to go down, couldn't run down those. And just a lot of it was just really awkward terrain and difficult. I mean, I guess that's fell running, but it was just really awkward going up and awkward going down. Um, in the end, we ran 25 and a half K, did a thousand meters of elevation in three hours 44. So, kind of the question we looked at there could we have run the additional 7K? with 400 metres of elevation in an hour and 15 minutes, maybe, yeah, I I think maybe we could have done. Uh, There was quite a few people who got there and they just scraped under the hour and a half cutoff or just over, but they finished in under four hours. So never mind five hours, they got, you know, well, well within. Um, Because was the idea, they put that cutoff in because they didn't want marshals to be out on top of mountains for a long time because weather is unpredictable. So that's understandable. Mm -hmm. But there are people that have, uh, run well over that cutoff point in previous races, who then ran well under four hours uh, afterwards. So, possibly not not the best cutoff there, but you know what can you do? At the end of it, I wasn't gutted because I was still knackered, and I was thinking like, did I want to run all the way up those other mountains and things? Um, I was happy not to, mm. frankly. So I wasn't that gutted, but it was still very annoying that the kind of goalposts moved after we paid our money. Mm. Because by that point, we'd already committed with, you know, arranged dog child care. I was about to say dog care we'd arranged. Um, So, yeah, never mind. Um, Interesting reflections on fell running. It's kind of, it's interesting. Uh, This is kind of the more serious end of fell running. It's a proper 20 miler rather than the short ones I've done before. They're a lot more serious Mm -hmm. and they don't seem to have a lot of time for new runners Mm -hmm. and much less banter. I mean, we did meet a few people there who were really nice. We chatted with them for quite a while. But there's a few others there that... me being as I am, will make little shitty jokes to people and just get no reaction. At least most people will politely smile and be like, okay, yeah, great dickhead. But like these people, I just got got nothing from them at all. I mean, afterwards, um, after the race, there was a little stream by the finish and I was just dipping my buff in there and just washing my face and head, which was so, so nice because it was quite warm by that point. And someone else uh, was kind of getting in. She was just like, oh, would you mind if I just kind of put my feet in here just above where where I was standing? I was like, no, no, not at all. And I think I said something like... "Um, I don't care if this stream is all sheep piss. It's cold sheep piss and that's all I care about. Mm. And just, just nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. It's <laughs> like, come on, give me something here.
1: They're probably, they're probably just completely broken. After doing races like that, they're probably just dead um, behind like, the eyes.
0: I don't know, Even like before and during, I think a lot of them, I think, they again, I think they just take it very seriously mm. and they kind of just don't have as much time. It's not, it's not about getting out there and doing it. It's about going out there and racing it. I think that's mm. another thing I found. We like fell running. We don't like fell racing. We've got no time for trying to run quickly up these things. I like to go and do it. I like to run up mountains and run long distance, but I don't want to race it. I don't want to push myself, really. No. Not not my thing. So that was that was an interesting experience. It's not one I'm going to do again, I don't think. I think it, I was kind of happy to admit that course was too much for me, particularly now, I guess, at this point of fitness. It, it, it was too much for me in that time constraint. So I'm kind of happy not to do it again. I think Holly wants to to make a point, but I'm not sure. Oh, and of the four people from our club that did that race. So obviously me and Holly did the short course. We had one runner who was ill and dropped out at checkpoint 2. We had one runner who finished in last place.
2: <laughs> cuz he
0: he absolutely killed himself to get to that cutoff and then just completely blew up on the way. So he could have done that I'm um, comf- I'm sure he could have done it comfortably under 5 hours if he could have done it at his own pace cuz mm. he's a really good uh, well, it's Mike who did the um Penrice run with us. Yeah. You know, he's a really fit, good uh, hill runner but just couldn't handle that initial pace Mm. and finished in last place. So we found that very funny from a club point of view uh, to how badly we did. (laughs) Another factor that means Holly might do the race next year, because out of, I think, 37 runners, there were only, I think, four or five women. And it seems a bit of a shame that more women don't do these type of races. Mm. So she kind of wants to do it just to make a bit of a point again that more women should be doing these Mm -hmm. kind of races. But, you know, it it wasn't the most inclusive atmosphere, which I think, in some ways, it's fine because <laughs> I mean I mean that in terms of uh, performance. I think it's very much more about people running hard and quickly. And I say, you know, there's always a place for elite, you know, small elite races. Um, but, yeah, of course, there should always be more women. When there's only five out of 37, that's mm-hmm. a pretty poor showing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, a few days later, I had a couple of days off because uh, obviously that was quite a hard run. And then I did another race just for, for fun. And i did some orienteering which i mentioned to you a few weeks ago and i said amy we should do that and you kind of went <laughs> yeah i didn't commit in any way no. which i love you would like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You just <laughs> made noises instead of actually answering which is a good move on your behalf but yeah. you know what it was really good fun i think you should do some. Oh, you should do one at some point uh, it was in heath park in cardiff uh, it was a race of 14 checkpoints you get a map and they're all in order i didn't know i thought they were in a random order and you just had to pick your route mm. but they are in order so you just follow the map run around to pick up all your checkpoints and kind of tag in at each one and it's really weird because you find yourself sprinting between the checkpoints especially the, the first ones were fairly close together mm. cause it's not a very big park it's only about half a mile by half a mile which is a little bigger than it sounds, but you know, it's not a huge park. So I found myself like sprinting and taking it really seriously and just going straight through all the bushes because I'm like, oh, it's another checkpoint, another checkpoint. It, you know, adds a little bit of jeopardy. i like, where's the checkpoint? Where's the checkpoint? Because they're always just going in the middle of bushes somewhere. Uh, 14 checkpoints, and I didn't realize until I needed to find number 10, that it was over a mile away. Now, again, when the park is only half a mile across, I wasn't expecting to run that far. Mm. So I just looked on the map and literally I had to t- unfold the map the other half and it was all the way across the map On a- in a different fucking park. What? I was like, I was oh, fucking... Uh, the problem was then I had to run on roads, uh. which I was not up for either. <laughs> uh, so I had to run like a mile out of the park, do a couple checkpoints, or run a mile back into the park. Um, overall I finished 6th out of 16 which I thought was pretty good I did a good hard run I think I ran about seven and a half eight k in 45 minutes Mm. which is fine with finding all checkpoints Um, what I did love about it because we got loads of good stats about it at the end for each checkpoint and I was actually in 2nd place all the way up to checkpoint number 9 pretty comfortably in 2nd place behind the guy who won by a long way but in those 2 legs where I had to run out of and then back into the park I was 14th fastest out of 16. <laughs> so I think everyone else got on the road and went, right right here we go. I can put a shift in here because I'm in a race. I can run fast. Yeah. I got on the road. I'm like da 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 da. da, 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 da. <laughs> I kind of forgot I was in a race and I couldn't be asked to run quickly because just oh roads are so fucking boring yeah. and I just couldn't be bothered to race just on a pavement because it just didn't feel right. Run around a park through the bushes. I think because I was taking very direct routes through bushes. So I think I did pretty well. Everyone else got on the road and picked up the pace. I was just like, do, 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 So yeah, 14th fastest on those two legs. I finished 6th overall, which is pretty good. And the weird thing, the next day, my knees were absolutely killing me. I've never had sore knees i've had like aching muscles mm. and different uh, like hips usually is my problem my feet kind of ache but i've never had just like you know like sitting and down and standing up off the toilet it was really hard work i don't know why just really achy old man knees was
1: it all the stopping that you were having to do
0: i don't know it could have been that or like running through like bits of long grass and bushes mm. like lifting my knees too high but it was really strange i mean even now like three days later they're still aching a little bit and i've just never had that before so that's that's something new to look forward to oh
2: yeah <laughs>
0: So super exciting, two races in uh, four days and both of them bullshit in their own very unique ways.
1: Yeah, very contrasting races as well.
0: Yeah, and uh, I've got another, I think in a, a few episodes time, I'll have another two races to report on. I've got a mile and an ultra race in a week as well, so that's oh fine. god,
1: what's the ultra?
0: The one that we're doing together. Amy.
1: Oh, that's not in a week.
0: <laughs> well, no, that, no, that in the same week yes. as, a, as a mile oh, race.
1: Oh, so. I see, I see, I see, yeah. Well I'm doing two ultras in a week so you know a bit more than a mild an ultra for, yeah.
0: well you're signed up for two <laughs> <thing you're doing. laughs> yeah That's
1: we'll
0: see we'll see <laughs> anyway let's head over now to our guest Mark Atkinson You may remember many episodes ago, we gave away a free copy of Run Like Duck by Mark Atkinson, who you may also recognise as a regular contributor to the show as Monty the Mole on Twitter. Well, he's got another book and needs to flog copies to pay his bills and pay for his holidays. So we've got him on the podcast at last. So Mark, welcome to Running His Bullshit. Thank you very
3: much for having me on. And yeah, sell the books to fund holidays are always appreciated.
0: Because you currently at the moment are in... Grand Canaria, yeah, as you can see out the
3: back, it's, it's beautiful and sunny and lovely. So, yeah. We're all <laughs> delighted about that. Exactly. And we haven't got floods here like London. I see on the news that, yeah, London's currently slightly underwater.
0: So. Yeah, it's very exciting back in the UK. You're missing out on a lot. <laughs> yeah, hailstorms, flooding, and really hot temperature, record hot temperatures is great. It's quality, yeah. So, before we get into the books, uh, let's get a little bit of the background. And as we ask most people, um, why you got into running in the first place?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think similar to a lot of people, I was never, I'm not even not good at sports. I think all sports at school is probably a, a fair representation. I've kind of lacked any form of kind of coordination. Any sport involving hand or eye coordination tends to generally involve me falling over or punch myself in the eye. always, yeah, terrible. You almost, I oh, was that kind of bad at school. You almost wish you had a reason for being bad. Like the kids that have got asthma and the pit laughs. At least they've got a reason for being pit, laugh. be pit laugh. exactly. laughs. That's lucky asthma. Exactly. I think I've got a debilitating disease, but you know. <laughs> um, yeah, and after, I, you know, went to the gym a bit as I got older and a few things, but nothing really stuck. And then we had two kids, I was in the early 30s and realised I was just getting constantly bigger and less fit and it was even with sort of two kind of toddlers trying to chase around it was quite evident we would soon be out running me so I thought I need to do something and randomly a friend of mine said do you want to go for a jog emphasis on jog rather than run and there's always that argument about runners which is which but it was yeah it probably wasn't even a jog but for some reason yeah I said yes and I was absolutely awful at it and it's making me sound old now but this is about 10 years ago before the days of Strava and GPS watches and stuff. So I had no idea how far we went or how fast, which is probably for the best, because it wasn't very far until I'm sure. And it was pretty awful and I walked most of it. And again, that was back in the times before sort of park run was big and stuff like House to 5K. So there was no real plan on how to start running. So I just, for some reason, sort of set on it. I thought, well, I'm going to keep doing this and see if I can get better. I used to go out at night. Mostly in the dark, running on my own, because I felt I so ashamed at how big I was. And then you just try and run a little bit further each time. And the only good thing about being super unfit is you make progress really quickly. So, yeah, yeah. gradually got to the point. I finished the park run, I had heard about it by that point, and thought that was amazing. And then, yeah, my mate said, do you want to sign up to a 10k? And I said, I'll have a go at that. And I wasn't even sure how far 10K really was. So, you know, when you put down your expected finish time, I think I put down like two hours or something, whatever the bottom entry group was. And then, yeah, fortunately, went quite well, did it obviously, a lot quicker than that, fortunately. And then, yeah, I don't know, I kind of almost didn't feel like I would finish a 10K. So that would be my, you know, I'll try 10K. It won't happen, it'll break me, but at least I tried. And then when it didn't, I said, oh, maybe I'll try a half marathon. And again, that didn't break me. So I thought, well, the obvious next step was a marathon, isn't it? So I did uh, one in Luton. That was uh, not too bad, actually, from housing and Luton. Not the most scenic uh, place. But, yeah, it didn't go to plan. I only just beat the off, And towards the end, I was passed by a bloke. He must have been probably the wrong side of 80. You know, not a jet of light like, hair on his head. Just all fully grey. But he was wearing a 100 and Club T-shirt. And I thought, God, if a guy like that could run 100 marathons, and here I am as what I think is now, you know, sitting able 30 something, being embarrassed by him. So I'm going to have a go at that. And it kind of started me on the, the long road to getting to 100 marathons.
1: It's got to be better than being beaten by a Teletubby or something like that. It? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or can't Cardiff well, Half. I, I always seem to be beaten by a guy dressed as a rhino for some reason. He's raising They're quite quick, rhinos. some of them, aren't they? The Rhinos are, oh, yeah, the Rhinos yeah. are really quick.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's
0: the guy with a sack of concrete to watch out for. Exactly.
3: <laughs> now, one of my London ones, I was beaten by a guy, I was running quite well at the time, and he went past me in full cricket gear for world records. He had like the helmet, the pads, the bat, the ball, and yeah, he actually went past me in like gold stationery. So I'm quite used <laughs> to being beaten by people now.
0: So your kind of a running progression there seems kind of, it's a reasonably kind of standard journey that people mm-hmm. have, but it seems that you're fairly easily led. Someone's gone, hey yes. Mark, let's do this. And you've gone, yeah, sure, why not? There's a man with a 100 marathon t-shirt on. I'll do that.
3: Very much so. I mean, that I would say, I didn't admit to anyone when I kind of made that plan to get an 100 marathon club. I didn't even really admit it to myself because it's, you know, when you've only just beaten a cut off on your first, you'd be stupid to think about the second But yeah, in the back of my head, I kind of knew I'd do it. And then I was training for the second and third marathon. And that, we went just do a lap in Milton Keynes and a training run with the club. And they, uh, there's a running organisation called Enigma Running in Milton Keynes. And one of the events they do is four marathons in four days, called the Quadzilla. And we happened to bump into some of those runners. So I think I was only on my second or third marathon at that point. And I thought, oh, four and four days sounds like fun. so then mm-hmm. that's the next kind of big challenge. <laughs>
0: wow okay we have different definitions oh, yeah. of fun exactly uh, so what point are we at now how many marathons are you on uh about 120
3: marathons and about 20 or 30 ultras on top so it, the weird thing about when you're training for the hundred or going for it you ask anyone on that journey they'll you exactly how many marathons they've done but once you're over the hundred it's just some number of more than a hundred
0: yeah, you see that that's my theory actually when i've said before <laughs> if it's less than about eight people will go oh like oh, six or seven or eight or but if you if it's over that they'll say it's 27 in six countries yeah. and my pb's there <laughs> and they'll know every single one
3: yeah yeah, the yeah i've completely locked down where i am i do have a spreadsheet somewhere i update around, you know, brand- it, but yeah.
0: so why i'm always interested in when someone writes a book about running is how they get to the point where they think what they've experienced is worth writing down now i'm aware that we've made a podcast of what are <laughs> kind of frankly quite you know straightforward running experiences that me and amy have had but a podcast yeah. is free to start up and you can just give up if it's not very good but with yes. a book you have to put in a lot of sustained effort to write it and edit it and then you have to convince other people it's good enough to print so why did you think a book was a good idea and how did you convince someone else? That was a a thing that you could do.
3: Well, I think most people, as soon as you start showing any interest in any hobby, you start getting books on the topic, don't you? So whether Mm. that's stamp collecting or knitting, you start getting books. So I was getting regular kind of books for Christmas and stuff from people. This is about running. Read this one. And on the whole, they're really awful. They kind of fall into either really technical manuals on you know eat this many grams of protein per kilogram of body weight, and it's. It's more like a science textbook. or oh, they're real kind of like tree-hugging, hippie stuff about, you know, finding your inner self and running with the Kenyans and stuff like that. Although that is a good book, that's a bad example. But yeah, and I just thought there's not many books out there that seem to be giving you the advice that you actually need to run. And that most of that advice comes from when you're either in a race chatting to some random person for a bit, or you're on a club run, like breathing out your arse at the end of intervals, and someone gives you some little tidbit of information that you think, why is that not in runners' world or something useful?
2: Mm.
3: There didn't seem to be that kind of, you know, slightly piss taking jokey, but useful approach to running. So I started writing a bit of a blog and a few people kind of, I don't know, half-joking me or whether it's something people always say with blogs is you should do it, write a book. And so I started putting a bit together and
0: then, yeah, tried to count it around to see what would happen. Of course, I should have known then someone just suggested it to you and you shrugged and went, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> <There is laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I
3: mean, it's, it's what's been really good about that book, The First One Run Like Duck, is the amount of people I've had. I mean, it's not huge, it's not a massive seller, but it's done well. And I, I still get people every now and again who just contact me and so, say, you know, read your book. You know, I was only just about managing park runs, wasn't sure what to do after that. But after reading that, I've realised that, you know, if you can do marathons and stuff, then anyone can, which is a bit of a double-edged compliment, isn't it? But, and they've gone on to, yeah, run marathons and ultras as well. And you just think, wow, that's, you know, if I've helped someone get off their arse and keep going, it's brilliant, because I do feel there's a bit of a gap out there. You do a to 5K, you do your park run, and a lot of people are just kind of not sure where the next step is. And some running clubs, I think, as you mentioned before, are almost a little bit creaky and snobby. It's kind of, you know, well done in your park run. Stick to that and leave the proper races to us, proper runners. And it's kind of getting them across that goal from realising actually, if you can run 5k, you can run 100 miles. just need to eat more cake. Yeah. So is, it, is
1: it hard to, to get publishers on board with running books? Do you have to really show it's USP? Or, because running books are very popular, are oh, they like, yeah,
3: sure, that sounds great. Go for it. Yeah, I mean, I contacted Lowe's and obviously they're always balancing have they already got running books who are going to be stealing sales from versus have they kind of got a gap there. And I found a publisher, Sandstone Press, based in Scotland, actually, it's a small independent publisher. And they were really keen. But obviously I'm not sort of, you know, J.K. Rowan or one, you know, who wants to be a millionaire or something. So they're not going to offer you massive advances and ghostwriters and stuff. It was just... <laughs> Yeah, get on and finish it and then we'll have a read and we'll talk and yeah they liked it and we worked through it afterwards which is a very slow process i would say if anyone does start to write a book whereas mm-hmm. yeah things like blogs and podcasts you could have it up in half an hour mm-hmm. and if you spot an error when it's it late you can go back and change it whereas you know the book is set in that first print and if you accidentally legally uh libeled someone or full of spelling mistakes
0: it's stuck like an Africa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so before we get to kind of a bit more detail about the books why ducks
3: uh, I'm very duck footed when I run so a lot of people no, said, you know, you run, you run like a duck etc so that was what the book was going to be called and then the wife wouldn't actually take out that uh, then it sounds a lot rude and it would probably get more
0: sales so. yeah you probably can't call a book run like fuck <laughs> if you're going to get it published exactly <laughs> that's
3: true <laughs> the, f- the funny thing is the amount of people that don't get that kind of pun and they go, Bless just them. run like that. And I don't get it. And then my standing was probably six at the time. Went, you don't mean duck, do you though? You mean, <laughs> I'm not <like>, sure.
0: <laughs> don't tell your mum. <laughs> exactly.
3: So yeah, that's kind of what's stuck. And obviously makes Road low Lodo and it's, yeah, it's gone well.
0: Cool. Um, so your first book was about your kind of marathons, basically, and your kind of mm-hmm. progression through getting to that 100 club.
3: Yeah, so it, it's kind of literally from you know, like I said, running sort of in a sweaty lump between lampposts and you know everything hurts from your feet to the top of your head, and you wonder why you're doing it. To gradually getting better, getting some form in the training, and eventually getting to the hundred mountain club. And yeah, I think there's more people that have climbed Everest or they've run a the hundred mountains, but I probably could have run the a hundred mountains if daft. But there you go. Um,
0: so uh, then you moved on to your new book, which seems is a lot more about ultras.
3: Yeah, so ducking long way, using the pun again, is... Oh, uh, yeah, I yeah, I see <laughs> so get
0: it,
3: yeah. So you've got a good pan, haven't you? It's and again, lovely. it also makes a good logo for the T-shirt. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, quite again, people from the first book, Because although I do cover a couple of the Ultras in the first book, they kind of asked me for a bit more detail and stuff and said, even worse, I think, with Ultras, so much of it is, again, quite holistic kind of, you know, find your inner self there's not that many books about trying to run 100 miles and not kill yourself so <laughs> but there's definitely a gap in the market there and it's to some extent in a good way a lot of my ultras have gone horrendously wrong but i still managed to finish which i think is a more realistic story for most people mm-hmm. when you read certain books and you know like you know i started running and i did my first marathon in 310 and then i i won the western states or something. it's it's an interesting story but uh mm-hmm. You know a, a teacher in Clapham is that particularly relevant to her so i think it's sort of more relevant that i often get stuff wrong but generally get through to the end
1: so what uh what is running ultras like compared to marathons basically how much more <laughs> stupid are ultras compared to marathons
3: <laughs> i think the nice thing is is how much more relaxed it is isn't it in a marathon particularly if you're going for a time from that first mile you've got to be on pace and if you're a few seconds behind, you've got to try and make that back. And it's, it's you know, it's 26 of one mile repeats almost. It's pretty horrendous from that point of view. If you're going hard effort. But the nice thing about ultras, as you know, is the first hill you get to is a good excuse to walk, chat to someone and eat a bit of cake. So, you know, you can't beat a bit of that.
1: Yeah, like any race where I get to walk, it's <laughs> <is> perfect. <Exactly. laughs>
0: well, I think I'm right saying so between me and Amy, we haven't run a marathon, but we have run ultras.
1: Yeah, they yeah, have no interest in running <laughs> a marathon at all. Anything where I've got to run for 26 miles,
0: no, 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 no. <laughs> My favourite thing about the ultra is when they say go and everyone just walks. Yeah. yeah. I love that. <laughs> Although there's one, if you ever
3: do, yeah, if you ever do country to capital, it's one that starts off uh, a kind of way. It's in a little town and they run down the street because they close the road. But then all three or 400 runners have to go for a single gate to get into the field. And it's just about wide enough for one person. Yeah. It's the only overture I've done where 50 people who want to win will literally sprint for their life down this hill to get through that gate. And it's hilarious to watch.
0: <laughs> yeah, from a safe distance walking at the back, yeah. Like... Oh, yeah,
3: exactly. We were, we were well at the back. after a long wondering where the third pub was, So
0: And we'll be back with Mark later on. You know, it really is lovely to get that email with a new Patreon subscriber, but at the same time, I can't help feel there's an element of trolling to it to make us sing even more names each episode. Uh, it's now up to 59. Uh, if you want some of that action, you can head to patreon.com forward slash runningisbullshit and you can throw some money at each month, which you can cancel at any time. And this month's donors were...
2: Liz Rees Victoria Mike Phillips, Matt H., Claire Dina, Sam Whaley, Rachel Bentley, J. K. Gabby Thomas Nyer, Jonathan Carter, Nikki Genders, Ian Hales, Matt Garner, Elliot Lyme, Debbie Hurley, Adam Atkinson, Chris Whitmore, Amanda E. Hernandez, Kel Ryder, Julia Page, Matthew Ware, Max McHardy, Bernadette McCarthy, Ivor Hewitt, Maria Weeks, Hugh Phillips, Hewitt Stevens, Stevie Hunter, Sarah Paul, Kirk Shepherd, Antony Howe, Amanda Murray Hines Tim Hughes Matt Jones Lisa Gibbon Karen Hamilton Angela Foster Swales Ruth Katie Len Martin Charlie Neps Rob Smith Jules Atkinson Paul Hibbert Mattie Bree Brian Simpson, Ridge Stone, Victoria Dick, Neil Danton, David Irwin, Pentonson, Matt Lees, Mark Gilmore, Matt Cuffin, Simon Ross, Dave Sinclair, Sophie Jacks, Carl Fleming, Gordie Delwell, Gordie Delwell.
0: And it's time for your messages and emails. Don't forget to get in touch with your running bullshit on Twitter and bullshit. Just search running as BS and let us know why you particularly hate running this week. We need to know these things.
1: So first up, we've had an email from Lexi that says, Hi Stuart and Amy, this episode made all my running dreams come true. I found Kelly's podcast in 2019 when I decided to get back into running after giving birth. Her weekly run podcast helped me to be able to build up to three miles and continue on from that. She also helped me through postpartum depression and finding myself as a runner too, not just as a mum. I found your podcast a few months later and haven't stopped listening since. I was so happy to have my favourite two running podcasts collide. Both has been with me through a lot the last two years. Thanks for helping me through a lot of long runs. It's a real joy to suffer with you both. Lexi Bruneau. P.S. Biggest running BS is blisters. You think you've prepared your feet perfectly and you'll get a blister in a completely random spot.
0: Oh, well, you're very welcome, Lexi. I'm glad we managed to collide accidentally with your other favourite running podcast. Next email Hello. I've been enjoying your bullshit while plodding on the dreadmill at the gym these past few weeks because it's so fucking hot outside. I feel I must write to you because I'm extremely concerned by Amy's plans to fight sheep. Oh, no. We're talking about sheep again. She says, Indeed, I sense that she may be considering taking on a whole flock at once. Her aim to shoulder check a bitch in earlier episodes seemed well thought through and plausible. It is, of course, an acceptable response to those walkers we all meet, who seem to think that we should leap into the path of an oncoming HGV if it means they do not have to move three centimetres to enable us to use the same stretch of pavement at the same time. The sheep-related plan is, I fear, a less safe one, and it may lead to serious injury or worse. I write as one who has that experience of sheep-related conflict, albeit vicariously, so no experience, uh, Many years ago, my mum's friend and neighbour, Joan, who used to go rambling with the girls every Thursday, was trampled by a sheep during one such excursion to the hills of the Lake District. She was left with bruising that my mum had, quote, never seen the like of and it left her unable to enjoy her Thursday pursuits or join her other friends for bowls on a Monday for quite some time afterwards as she recovered from the trauma both physical and mental. Therefore, I implore Amy not to attempt any sheep-related combat. As Joan discovered, they are more violent than they seem. Keep up the bullshit, Mel Watson.
1: Mel, I feel like you're writing from... The sheepish propaganda movement, or something, because I <laughs> notice there's a lot about the trauma afterwards and what Joan can't do and whatever. But what actually happened? I th- I would have thought that would be the interesting bit. Like it just says
0: trampled by a sheep.
1: Yeah, but. <sighs> I need, I need more context. I need more information. What was no, the situation? No, 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 we
0: don't. No, can we, can we stop talking about sheep now?
1: Also, how, you know, this Joan, how big is she? How strong is she? And we need a side-to-side comparison. I've been hitting the gym a lot lately, just in case this situation arises, you know? And I wouldn't take on a whole flock. I'd knock out the first one as a warning to the rest of them. And like the sheep Knocked they out. are, they'd run, you know? i'm not i'm not letting this one go i'm not letting this one go i need i need more proof because i think some people are working for some like sheep i'm not a conspiracy theorist but some of these stories there's not (laughs) enough context and that they're very much they're very much on the side of the sheep and i just I i need a bit more proof to be honest
0: okay i am trying to avoid this whole thing can we can we put the whole sheep thing to bed now
1: yeah because we know we know that i could i could anyway Right, <clears throat> we got an email from uh, from from Ian here, and he starts, "Dearest Amy and Stu oh, that's nice, oh. Ian." Thought I'd forego going for my medium distance run per the marathon training plan tonight. Not hugely worried as doing indoor twenty four at the weekend went. brag for... <laughs> went for a nice cycle ride instead. Two miles from the end, just before my ride companion Mark split off to go home, I got stung on my tongue by an insect of some description. Probably a bee. All I know is getting stung on the tongue is some straight bullshit. Probably karma from the running deities for cycling instead. It still hurts and to top it all, I get home to discover my wife had drunk my share of the bottle of wine we'd planned to share. So much for self-medicating the pain away. Cheers, Ian. Oh, Ian. I thought, that's what I, you get I, for cycling. I thought that sentence was going to go really awry. Then, like, I got home to discover my wife. I'm like, oh Ian, no, oh no. <laughs> oh no, oh no, <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, be thankful. It's just that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that but that's what you get for long. cycling. Yeah. That's, oh yeah.
0: You get what you deserve. I do feel like possibly you should have read the email. Like two months from the end before my <laughs> load companion, I got dung on the tongue. <laughs> Didn't even get a photo, which is probably a good thing. We probably don't. want photos of people's tongues i'm not sure if that's better or worse than feet
1: uh better i think <laughs> no. better in all, all circumstances not many body parts that i'd uh, i'd uh, much less see than feet so
0: <laughs> okay let's go back to our interview with mark atkinson so are there any kind of races or experiences from those that kind of stand out from this book
3: I think the one that really sticks out in my head is the Grand Union Canal Race, which is a 145 mile run, oh. and that's basically all the way down the Canal of Birmingham to London, and it's one of the longest kind of going ultras in the uh, UK, I think it's kind of about 37, 38 years or similar, and it's one of those events that doesn't even need to advertise, because if you, you, know, if you start running hundreds, you will hear about it. And they've had to go, even go for a ballot because there's that many people that want to run that far. And it's, yeah, it's only about 50% of the finish rate is ridiculously hard, which is odd because you'd think a flat 145 miles, you know, never that far from a pub or an A station is quite easy to expect quite a high finish rate.
0: But well, I would have thought net downhill as well. if Birmingham's quite high relatively to London. Yeah, it
3: probably, it probably would be net downhill slightly, yeah. But well, it's a canal, we, so
0: yeah. I guess it, it, yeah. <laughs> there's the odd
3: lock and stuff, but... Yeah. Yeah, I think it just really catches people out. And I've buddied a couple of mates that have run it on different years, and again, they both failed. And I still know more people that have failed that than have finished. And they've all been, you know, much better runners than I am. And I say that quite honestly. You know, they're sort of sub three marathon runners. they you know, they've even outright won some sort of hundred milers and stuff, and they can't quite get to the finish due issue to issues. Whereas I think if you're more of a plodder like me that sets out knowing you're going to be out there the best part of 40 hours and you stop at the pubs when you see them and if someone pops up with the clipper, you have the clippo and you just, you run when you can, you walk when you have to, you don't have any aspirations of sub-24 podium finish and then you do somehow finish even though, yeah, 145 miles is a ridiculously long way.
1: You said earlier about, you know, things going wrong but still finishing. Were there any races that were particularly awful where just like everything
2: went wrong
3: <laughs> and, what, and what went wrong the yeah I was I did Lakeland 100 uh well two years ago now because of COVID and it was one that I trained pretty hard for I, I think by June of the that year I think I'd run about 2,000 miles and training for it. I've really put effort into it I've been to Grand Canaria again to run a really hilly race to get practice because I knew again that's a 50% failure rate is a properly impressive race and just, yeah, you know, everything seemed to go wrong. I kind of forgot to eat, which is the, the basic. Yeah. So I was eating it enough, but not enough to keep going. So I was just having real lulls of energy. And then I didn't realise quite how wet the Lake District is and quite hilly. So you wonder know, why focus on the lakes and not the hills. That's what I want to know. But...
0: Yeah, Grand Canaria is not the obvious training ground for the Lake District. No,
3: <laughs> it's a lot drier here, but yeah. Yeah. but no I just my feet got wet I think within the first kind of five miles of the late district and I did have a spare pair of shoes but they weren't till halfway I didn't have spare socks so yeah by that halfway point when I pulled my socks off my feet were just absolutely disintegrated and it was just like I just thought, oh, god this is going to be so hard to finish and yeah I, I basically had to more or less walk in that second half I was in absolute bits it was
0: it was painful but you still finished it
3: yeah. <laughs> why? Partly, I think, because it's one big loop. So it's kind of easy to finish Maybe and try to, and drop. Yeah. And in a way, it's, it's an amazing race. I do want to go back, but I've had such a bad time at it. I just thought, if I finish, I never have to come back to this hellhole. It's a <laughs> horrendous race. It's so unpleasant. And that's why I'm going to finish. So I don't have to come back. So I just stuck it out. And I did fall in with a couple of other guys. We were similarly struggling. One of them had already finished previously and even he was struggling. And I think it's just a duration you think and you run through two nights because you start at 6 pm on a Friday. So unless you're really quick, you're running again Saturday night, head torch back on, sleep deprivation, we were like walking into stuff and hallucinating. It was hilarious. <laughs>
0: um there is something in your book that kind of jumped out at me. I just want to touch on very quickly. Um, it's a point you made in the book about the lack of diversity there is in ultra running. Mm. It's something that you've noticed.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think I've, I've always been quite aware of, sort of the lack of agendas uh, in the ultra run, particularly, I mean, in running generally, but particularly in ultra running, isn't it? If you, you stand at the start of anything over about 50 miles, it's, it's pretty much 80% blokes. And if you're honest, it's 80% white, bald, middle-aged blokes having a midlife crisis who couldn't afford a Porsche, isn't it? So
2: mm-hmm.
3: it's, it's very uh, specific. Or who couldn't afford a bike for Triathlon, maybe. That's the other album you let him to go down. But yeah, I was chatting to a guy, uh fan, who actually represents black trail runners. So he'd be able to give sort of a better overview of that. But he said he's done a lot of ultras and he's been the only black guy there. And I have to say, well, you know, now I cast my mind that I couldn't guarantee i have seen you know anyone black on any of the ultras i've been on it's, it's that yeah. seldom and that few and it's quite surprising you know quite how white male and middle-aged sport is which considering we always tout how open and cheap running is and anyone can do it it does show that there obviously are some barriers to that.
0: yeah black trial runners have been on our list for quite a while we might have to step that one up yeah and, uh, try and get them on, on. soon
3: But yeah, I mean, that's another bit I cover in the book is that, you know, I think women should definitely get out there on the trails a lot more. Obviously, Mm -hmm. they do have other concerns from, they tend to get lion's share of, you know, childcare duties and stuff like that. And I do think we're the society indulge blokes a lot more. If you you work a long week and then spend all Sunday on the golf course, it's kind of acceptable. But I think if you're, yeah, it's, it's frowned upon a bit more with women if they want to take eight hours on a Sunday to run around until their legs hurt and they can't walk
1: and the thing is it's been shown scientifically that women are really good at ultra running <laughs> so if we just got more more women involved then i think we could see lots more women women run, lots more women winning races outright
3: <laughs> yeah and there's you know there are some amazing uh, women runners out there people like camille helm and stuff i mean she's very american very bullish she's not trying to just be the best woman she's trying to be the best runner out there and she mm. goes into races wanting outright win not just you know the fastest lady on the course so i really like that approach that so she's
0: out there to win it mm. uh, so can you give us some more details of the, sorry so can you give us the names of your books again and um, where we can get them and where we can find out more about you
3: excellent yeah run like duck is the first book and that's um, waterstones amazon and the sort of usual bookshops if you can go to an actual independent bookshop i would always recommend that to try and keep them in, in business because obviously one struggled a bit with covid times. But I do appreciate Amazon's a lot easier just to click buy it now, isn't it? And uh, Jeff Bezos combined with a rocket—that's always handy. <laughs> and the second book, is that in August, you can pre-order that now on Amazon. Um, Ducking long Ways, so that deal with all the ultras. And there's also there would be a link you can put on the show notes. You can order direct from Sandstone Press and the discount code for that, so you can get a discount on the uh, the second book.
0: Uh, yeah, that is out on the twenty sixth of August. So anyone listening fairly close to this we'll be able to pre-order that and it'll be out in a few weeks time and you'll also be able to win a copy of that book which you very kindly given to us mm-hmm. um and we'll have details of that coming up after this as well
3: excellent yeah and you also get a uh, a non-buff uh circular neckwear as
0: <laughs> well so, uh, avoiding brown you've got merch as well That's good to know exactly
1: okay so our final question which we ask all our guests what is the most bullshit thing about running
3: It's definitely this year has been trying to compete with your former self. I had a sort of string of injuries at the back end of 2020 and early 2021 and more by kind of bad judgment in race picking and stuff. I've gone back to stuff like 10 past 100 where I had a really good race the first time I did it a few years ago when I was younger and less injured and this year just wasn't Nothing actually went wrong, but you know, when you just you get to the checkpoints and you know you're slower than last year and it got to about six to eight miles and it was dark and I was in the field in the Thames on my own, dodging cow pats. And I just thought, I'm not gonna beat the last time I did it on, so why am I even bothering? And so I dropped. <laughs> and I did similar on a few other sort of shorter races as well. It's it's just hard, I think, to compete with your former self. Whereas mm. Oddly enough, two weekends ago, I did the Wendover Woods 100 miler, which was a really hard, hilly 100 miler here in around Wendover Woods, oddly enough. And, yeah, having not done it before, I just went there thinking, well, i see how I get on. And there were only 50 starters, and more and more people kept dropping. And, again, they were really good runners who were dropping out. And I just got to the point of, well, you know, I, however slow I go, I'm still making progress. I'm not competing former myself. I managed to finish it. So... Mm-hmm. I think it's weird the pressure you put on yourself to try and beat previous times when ultimately it's only you that cares. No one else can even remember what time you did the last time, unless you won it. Then I mean, they might
0: <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure me and Amy don't have that pressure on ourselves, but I can I understand what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> I've given up a long time ago on times. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mark thank you very much for joining us and thank you for all your contributions to podcast as well always very very useful and hopefully people go and order your book ducking long way out on the 26th of august
3: thank you much cheers thank you
1: cheers and if you want to win a copy of mark's book all you have to do is email Running is bull at gmail.com with your worst running photo. So send us that photo that captures you at your most miserable and most exhausted and you could get a chance to win a copy of Mark's book.
0: Yeah, it can be from any event, uh, but please no photos covered with photo companies watermarks because that's very naughty. We all do it, but you know, don't send us those because not only will you win the book and the buff, you will also be the cover photo for episode 71 of this podcast. Remember, email us runningisbull at gmail.com and we're going to give that two episodes. You've got loads of time to do this. So we're going to close this competition on the 27th of August. So you've got loads of time. That's 2021 in case you listen to this. Uh, 50 years in the future, uh, some kind of librarian uh, before everything went really, really bad. Um, <laughs> don't know what's going on with that. Yeah, email us your worst running photo. We love to see them.
1: Is the bullshit
0: Oh, I tell you what, Amy. There is so much bullshit running news this week it's amazing and the first one is just beautiful because it was sent to us by at least eight different people and you must have already seen this in your running groups and your whatsapps this week Mm -hmm. the highland kings ultra has been announced and it is described as an exclusive and revolutionary luxury wilderness ultramarathon covering 120 miles over four days along rugged coastlines, high mountain passes and with 10,000 metres of ascent. It also includes a final night gala dinner and personalised coaching for seven months. So you, you like the sound of that, Amy? No. Oh, OK. Well, <laughs> well, if you do, it's available for the, the low, low price of 15000 Four hundred and ninety-nine pounds. Uh, for that money, it includes sweat testing, heart tests, the chance to meet Rafe Fines, uh, a Michelin <laughs> chef, and a Garmin watch, which is worth fifteen hundred quid. This is just some serious rich person bullshit.
1: Well, I, that's a deposit in some places. Well, that's a deposit on a house, but in some places yeah, or, that is or a two
0: house. two cars. Yeah, Yeah. you could buy two cars for that money.
1: I love it how it's like, oh, you get a personalized coaching. It's like you can download a 120-mile plan off the internet for free. Don't worry about it, you know?
0: You can go and get a coach. Yeah. You can just employ someone for much less than that. This This is clearly aimed at the type of people who do not give a shit about it, the fact is £15,000. They want to just do something exclusive. That's a, all it is.
1: A garlic dinner at the, the end. I think
0: there are like speedboat transfers as well between no. the islands. And i was like, oh, if you're impressed by speedboats, fucking hell.
1: Like, isn't part of the the appeal of doing ultras of like, is like slumming it a bit and, you know, I mean, I, ultras are, can be really expensive because naturally there's a lot that goes into it, especially because I like to do ultras that are super supported in that you get like lots of aid stations Mm. and stuff like that. So I get that. I'm paying for someone to stand there and make sure I'm safe and give me food and stuff. Absolutely, and but, also a little
0: bit of reputation as well. Like if yeah. you say you've done the Dragons' bag, which is eleven hundred pounds, people are like fucking hell. You've done the Dragons' bag. That's a big yeah. deal. You say I've done the Highland Kings. People think you're a prick.
1: Yeah, because you
0: will be. You will be a prick if you do that.
1: And I get it. Like if an ultra costs a thousand pounds, there's a lot of, especially if it's going over like dangerous terrain and stuff. There's a lot that goes into stuff like that. But fifteen grand,
2: fifteen grand.
0: Yeah, I do wonder if there's. Whenever I see anything like this, I think there's some kind of fraud or money laundering at hand here. There's some; it's just rich person stuff, isn't it? Because people who don't give a shit how much money things are.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is just luxury. What so? Uh, well, is it going to be like Race to the Stones and whatever, where where you camp, over, or maybe not even camp, where you stay over somewhere? I believe so there's yeah
0: luxury camping in between with your Michelin camping. chef preparing your food.
1: That's well. I can't even, I can't even. And you know what also,
0: in between stages of an ultra, I don't think I want a Michelin chef preparing no. my food. I want a fucking jack of potato and baked beans. I yeah. don't want some fancy poncy thing with dew and cream on it.
1: Mm. And, and you're going to be so knackered and so like broken. You're either going to not sleep at all or just pass out in a coma, you know, you I'm don't need to be in luxury.
0: And you'll be surrounded by other rich assholes as well. And this was picked up by BBC News because it's mad and like everyone else. So everyone's been talking about this this week, but it's just fucking rich people.
1: Yeah. Nah, you're all right. (laughs) In other bizarre news, the robots are taking over running. They came for our jobs and now they're coming for our sports. Watch out, everyone. Um, So there's some big competition as robots can now run 5K. However, we do have a few years left as Cassie, the first robot to run an outside 5K, completed the course in 53 minutes. And this <laughs> included a six minute break due to overheating and it <laughs> fell over trying to take a corner too sharply. I can definitely relate. That's me. <laughs> That's me on the 5K as well, Cassie. It's so, scary
0: how lifelike they're making them. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's just a jogging robot at the end of the day. Let's leave the races to the series robots who's trained properly, eh? You know? Uh,
0: Yeah, talk about a running robot. It's not. It's a shit robot. It's a jogging robot. 53 minutes. It's a jogging shit robot. Come on. Train it properly and then we'll talk.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: All these poor robots, you know, don't get the chance to run. They've trained properly, they've been programmed properly, they've done all their practice, and Cassie gets all the headlines.
1: She fell over. Fell over.
0: Not even a proper robot. (laughs) And finally, runners at Hamilton Lake Park Run in New Zealand got more than they bargained for when geese attacked the front three runners. Oh, no, we're talking about animal attacks again. Here we go. Uh, They sustained bruises, but one said the damage was mostly done by friends and family making fun of her. Uh, Other locals chipped into the Facebook thread to say the geese and pakekos are nasty, which I assume is a New Zealandish bird. I don't know. Uh, One of them described it as my worst nightmare, (laughs) which is a little bit dramatic
1: well geese are nasty i you know what i'm not saying i'm not saying i could take on a, a goose or any geese you know i'm I'm not i'm not about that They're, they are nasty fuckers those uh canadian geese you know nope
0: you know as much as i've been rejecting the sheep talk i'm pretty sure i could beat the shit out of a goose
1: oh all oh, right okay 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 <laughs>
0: I don't want to. I don't want to make a big thing of it, but
1: the thing geese. is, though, the geese already have. They already have violence in their blood. You know, they're already they do. Yeah, they for a fight. The reason why we have the upper hand over the sheep is because they're not. They're not ready. They don't expect it.
0: Yeah, geese have uh, just violence and anger in their hearts.
1: Exactly. I'm not surprised. I mean, they were kind of asking for it, running through the the geese's, the, you know, territory. So,
0: but like my worst nightmare. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I can think of things worse. What, that's New Zealand though, isn't it? What a charmed say, life, people yeah. in New Zealand leave. New the worst thing they can possibly think of is an angry goose.
1: And if you're a hobbit, I mean, those geese are quite big.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so that's how good things are in New Zealand, where this this is probably like a national, this is probably like on their six o'clock news, like a national news, as like a couple of people got a bit bruised. There's, there'll be a day of national mourning for this, probably. <laughs>
1: The Great Goose Attack of
0: 2021. That'll be their um, their big news story. And when they look back at this time, oh God, you remember the goose attack? Oh, they were dark times for us all.
1: (laughs) Right, Stuart, what have you got coming up next?
0: Um, Well, potentially, we've got a long run together coming up.
1: Potentially, yeah.
0: Because we need to do like, well, we say we've got ultras coming up. We need to do like 20, 24 miles maybe. So I think we're going to go and get a train somewhere, run home and just do something like that.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that can't be any more horrific than the Penry's pilgrimage Way, running home oh. along the Taft Trail, because that's pretty much downhill, no. isn't it, back to Cardiff? So. It is net
0: downhill, so yeah. yeah, that should be better. Perhaps I'll take you up some hills as well, because you no. won't know where you're going. No, <laughs> And there'll be no park run in Wales for us for a little bit longer. It's been delayed by another week. Boo. Oh. No, I, Amy, no, how about you? Anything
1: um, else? I wasn't going to run a park run anyway, so that's, you know, of course that, not. that's whatever. <laughs> I've signed up for another Ultra, which is, what? yeah, in November this time. So not, I'm not squeezing them too close together. And this is, oh, um, so just
0: three in uh, two months then?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's no worries. It's fine. It's only 30 miles. It does go at Penavan.
0: <laughs> but if you don't get there, you know, if you don't do the first 5K in like eight minutes, you can do the short course.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, <laughs> It's off the tarmac, so I think the the cut-off time should be slightly longer. It's 30 miles. It starts from Merth Tidville, goes up Penavan and back down. But it's kind of it's meant to be a loop. So um I'm doing it with a friend, hopefully. So hoping we'll be able to go up there and do some wreckies as well, so I don't just turn up and think I can run up Penavan without wrecking it. But yeah, I also the first thing I emailed them, I emailed the, the, the raised the company and said is this route marshalled and signposted, or is it self like self directed? He's like, no, 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 it's all it's all fully marshalled and signposted. I'm like, great, I can sign up then. <laughs>
0: That's good. That does sound nice. Yeah, i I'm, I think I might consider that once mm. I know how bad I am after one ultra. I might think about it. Just sign it up, nice. and
1: then you've got to do it, and then you just get injured. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs>
0: no, no, not going to happen. <laughs>
1: If you've enjoyed this bullshit, please visit runningisbs.com to see the show notes and links from this episode and the whole back catalogue, as well as links to our Patreon, merch store and social medias. Bye bye. Bye.
0: Can we stop talking about sheep now?